to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. I want to show you something. One of the things I was instructed to do was to start showing you um, a few things. That's why specifically I went in that clip. It came as part of the instruction. So now, how it ended was very interesting. I didn't know it was a vision. I literally thought I was awake and everything. So in the same vision, I, I, I told my wife, I said, let's go to church. You know, let's, let's, let's go. And she looks at me and says, Pastor, do you know the time? I said, no, what's the time? And then she said the time, and it was zero for something. I've just forgotten the exact one. I said, what? And I'm on my way to church. I think I need to go back to sleep. <laughs> so I start walking back, walking back, and I go back to the bed, and the moment I do this, boom, <laughs> I wake up, and I check the time, and for sure, it was like there was a correlation between you know, what was happening in the physical and the spiritual. So I can tell you there is something very special going on. So I woke up and just got spooked for a while. You know, I was just like, what's going on? Tried to sleep again, but couldn't. And I know God is going to do incredible things. By any chance, what I've been given this preamble, have you managed? Who was with me at this conference? Now, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a narrative. You're free to move as well. I'll give you a bit of a narrative of this one. I had preached one of those Apostle Frederick sermons. You know, you know the trouble with the sermons I preach is that people come to me with tough cases afterwards. Because for some reason, when I'm done preaching, people feel good. <laughs> and... And, and, you know, I'm praying for people, and, and a gentleman comes to me and tells me about an accident he had when he was still a little boy. And I started praying for him. I'll be honest with you, as graphic as the video may try to be, I don't know if you were there. Oh, my goodness. Those who are there can tell. Like, I was shocked. <laughs> and I've seen things. But I just wanted us to remember how supernatural we are. Now, in case you didn't, couldn't see it properly, what happened literally was the hand started untwisting in our side. Now, that was very weird, even for me. 
And it's about to get even more weirder. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, over the next few weeks, God wants to reveal himself to us. And I will be talking about the finger of God today. The finger of God. The finger of God. There are some things that you can't explain. There are some things that you can't describe. There are some things that you can't put calculations on. You know what's funny is that even, <laughs> you would find it funny, um, in the law, you know what they call certain occurrences? They'll say that was an act of God. Like, there are some things that you just can't explain. And the dispensation of knowledge that we're in has both advantages and disadvantages. I'll tell you one of the disadvantages is that you may want everything to be logical. That's why you'll find that time and memorial, a lot of illiterate people have seen more miracles than those who are very illiterate. And that's why Jesus wants us to have children like faith. Uh, children like faith. Because some things are mind-boggling. Now, if knowledge has increased, can you imagine the dimension of miracles God will bring? There are just some things that you can't explain. As I was thinking about that statement, I remember the time when um, we were about to have a WEM conference. And so I was, still an, I was still a student at Unza by then. And I was with Pastor Daniel. And... Um, were coming from school and we decided we we're going to go home to pray together. And we found my sister as well and we decided we we're going to pray together that day. And I could sense that unusualness. You know, there's, there's that mysterious side of God. That one you can't get used to. That one where you go like, mm. where, where you're like, God, who are you? I could sense that. And I remember reaching... And everything earthly just seemed irritating. Uh, Pastor Daniel and Alice decided to worship and sing a bit before we could start. Even that, I was just looking at them like, guys, can't you, you know, in my head I was just thinking, can't you tell that? So I went on my knees and I wouldn't say I was speaking in tongues, I was groaning. I was around 11. Before I knew it, I'd gotten up. Like, some people had come to tell me, like, you've taken a, a bit too long. And so I'd gotten up, and it was around 16 or something, I, I don't remember. 
And that night, the army of priests, the Wem priests, they were rehearsing from home. So they started arriving one by one. The first one to arrive was Bethel. She reached, and the first thing she said was, I'm hungry. And she went to the kitchen and got something to eat. Then somebody else arrived. Then somebody else arrived. And then suddenly I could tell, I could see actually, that Philippa was on her way. And she was hammering a blue packet of crisps. I could see that. And then before I knew it, Boom, I got up and it was 15. It had gone from 11 to 16 to 15. So now I'm confused. I remember asking, what's going on? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And then they all started arriving in the same order. So like, <laughs> Diana arrives. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, you reached and just said, I'm hungry. I'm like, that's what she said. That's what she said. And then I said, telling them who would come next. And who would come next? And when Philippa came, I said, uh, you enjoyed that blue packet of crisps, right? And it was just crazy. I can't explain why God did that. I can't explain what it was for. I can't explain how he did it. All I know is that it built me up to a place where no one can talk me out. I've sat down in lectures and been mocked. You know, like, when you go for certain lectures and they ask, what do you do, and you say, you're a pastor, suddenly the lecture becomes against God, against churches, and the like. I know what I'm talking about. I would, I've sat down in lectures, and somebody's trying to talk me out of what I've experienced. Yeah. Can you believe there are some people who can backslide because some funny person decided to post a status on Facebook arguing, arguing out what they've experienced? Anyways, we're talking about the finger of God. And the reason why we're talking about this is because God wants his people to know him better. So there are a few things he wants to be known about him. Now, the finger of God, this is a revelatory topic, and this refers to something that can only be done by God, something that is God's handwriting. When the finger of God manifests, there are no arguments. No arguments. Soon we'll be looking at the hand of God. And then soon we'll be looking at the glory of God. I just want us to know what the scriptures say about these things. We'll also look at the anointing. As in the direction we're taking now as a ministry is I want us now to emphasize a lot of the spirituals that many don't know. Okay. So now, the first time we see the finger of God in the scriptures is in Exodus. But for today, let's start from Daniel. The first thing you should know about the finger of God is that the finger of God is mysterious. I hope you know that God still maintains mystery. 
God is not a man. God is not logical. His finger is mysterious. His, by, by the finger of God, like I'm saying, the, the revelation, it's a revelation of the manifestation of things that only God can do. And I can tell you that he's mysterious. And more often than not, he loves to make the wisdom of the world look foolish. He loves to raise up people that everyone counted out so that it can be said that this was the finger of God. So the finger of God is mysterious. Daniel 5, verse 5. There was a king. This was Nebuchadnezzar's son, if I'm not mistaken. And the man had pride. And so he got to experience the finger of God. Look at what happens. The same hour, the fingers of a man's hand. Hold on. Got the verse before. Or maybe two verses before for, for context. So they brought the gold vessels. These guys decided to have a party. And then they took the gold vessels which had been taken from the temple of the house of God. Which had been in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank for them. They insulted the very temple of God by using their God's vessels for futility. Next verse. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone. Next verse. That same hour, something happened. And that's why, please listen to me. If by any chance you're involved in anything that makes a mockery of the things of God, stop. Stop. You wouldn't want to experience the other side. And if by any chance, perhaps you've got family members who find ways to make a mockery of the things of God, pray for them to repent. It says, in the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Next verse. Then the king's countenance changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his hips were loosened. <laughs> and his knees knocked against each other. You can tell this was a scholar who wrote this. Eh? So he asked for his magicians and the like, but magicians can't interpret the finger of God. Do you know, ladies and gentlemen, that when God's wisdom manifests, it's a mystery to Satan. You know, there are some people who think Satan can read your mind, Satan can tell your next move, Satan can tell ABCD. Are you aware that you're a mystery to Satan? Do you know how we know? Do you know Jesus was a mystery to Satan? We'll come back to this verse. Just, just, just for our awareness. Look at 1 Corinthians. Are you wondering from the same person who was teaching you on attendance just a few weeks ago? Church shouldn't be predictable. Eh? Sometimes... <laughs> 
we can switch it up a bit. First Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 7. Read the entire chapter for the sake of the entire argument. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Uh-huh. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, if you study in the scriptures and see the time when they came to arrest Jesus and Peter got uh, a sword and cut off the ear of that guy, what was his name, Malchus? And after he cut it off, Jesus sewed it back. I don't know how they didn't believe afterwards. He literally got it and put it back. And then said something very interesting. Just take your time to go read it. He said, look, I can ask the Father and he can send 12 legions of angels, but now is their hour and the power of darkness. Meaning people that day may have just been seeing human beings, but that's the day all the forces of darkness gathered. They didn't go alone. All the forces of darkness gathered that day. But interestingly, none of them knew that they were helping God fulfill his assignment. They never knew. They bring Jesus to the high priest. The high priest tears his robe. What he doesn't know is that at that point he's stripping himself of the responsibility of the high priest and giving it to Jesus. They never knew. They ended up helping God. So you can imagine after Jesus is crucified, as in Satan and all the cohorts in hell, as in they are dancing, they are thinking we've finally gotten rid of the Lord's anointed. Boom, he appears. Then he said, missed me. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. A, a believer is a mystery even to Satan. A mystery. That's why when you take time to speak in tongues, you can imagine what goes on that side. They, they, they don't know what to do. They're just seeing fire this side, water this side. You can imagine what goes on. Praise God. And people want to make Christians to be just saying one or two memorized prayers every three, four, five days. When you've got special weaponry. <laughs> Let's go back to Daniel, chapter number five. So in verse 11, we see something that happens now. The king needed help interpreting the finger of God. Seeing things from the spiritual view, right? I mean, we can all see the same thing, but different people interpret it. And one of his advisors tells him, it should have been his wife or advisor, one of them tells him, there's a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. Why? Because there was something found in him. He could interpret the divine. And when you read over there from verse 25 
to 28, Daniel interpreted it that what was written was many, many take you a parsing. And the interpretation of each word was that God had numbered his kingdom and finished it. That was the interpretation. I've shown you all that to show you that the finger of God is mysterious. Are you ready for some mystery in your life? Yes. And you know, Jesus told us that one of the qualities of somebody who's born again is that they're mysterious. He says the wind blows and yet no one knows where it's going, where it came from. And he says, so is everyone who's born of the spirit. Praise God. Sometimes hit them by surprise. A Christian can't be too calculatable. But everything about you can be calculated. And that's why you never look down on a believer. Because a believer can't be defined by their past. A believer can't be defined even by their mistakes. A believer can't be defined by their background. And if these believers can catch it, Imagine what would have happened to the person who laughed at me when we were starting the church and were a few people in the living room. They couldn't tell that we are a mystery. <laughs> we are, <laughs> ladies and COL, you are a mystery. In case you didn't know, you are a mystery. You are a mystery. Do you know how many times I'm asked how you do what you do? I'm from telling you off. And <laughs> this side I receive a message. Pastor, those people of yours, I'm like... <laughs> A mystery. Second thing I want you to know about the finger of God. The finger of God is miraculous. Now, I didn't know how to put this in English. So this is the best way I can, push, I can put it in English. It's miraculous at a level which is very high. Okay. Let me show you what I mean. Go to the book of Exodus. Exodus. If we could turn off those notifications, I'll be so blessed. Exodus, and I want us to look at chapter number five. Praise God. Am I the only one who can tell? that the atmosphere around here today is rich. I want us to see something that happened. So God sends Moses to Pharaoh. Pharaoh decides to be stubborn. And then God tells Moses something. God changes the level, right? Look at Exodus 7 verse 1. God says something. He says... The Lord says to Moses, I've made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. Have you ever wondered how Pharaoh couldn't do anything to, to Moses? Why didn't Pharaoh just say, kill him? What was stopping him from doing that? The same Pharaoh that Moses ran away from. Moses' level was shifted by God. God told him, look, I've made you as God to him. So when Moses was speaking to Pharaoh, Moses was speaking at the dimension of God. <laughs> let's, let's continue. And he says, you shall speak all that I command you. 
And Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children out of this land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. So now we see one of the first miracles, which was in verse 10. Follow me. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh. And they did so just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Now, I've got a question. What documentary would have been made about Moses? Pastor turns rod into serpent. What for? How is it leading people to Christ? Just preach on repentance. Be careful before you question the doings of God. Ask Gamaliel. Gamaliel said, look guys, sometimes be careful. Like take a bit of time to observe. Take a bit of time to pray. You might end up fighting God. Am I saying there are no people with gimmicks? They are there. But what I'm trying to tell you is, the moment you say this can't be God because it's too miraculous, then I'm going to challenge with the way you're thinking. So, he turns his rod into a serpent. And then what happened next? But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. So the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. Follow me, you'll learn a lot here. Uh -huh. For every man threw down his rod and they became serpents. That means that there are certain levels of miracles that can be imitated even by false prophets. Hold on. <laughs> what that means is you might actually encounter somebody false, somebody maybe under divination, maybe witch doctors or witchcraft, people using witchcraft and any of that stuff. And there are certain things they can be able to do which are similar to what people in the kingdom of God are doing. And that's why you don't judge everyone because of one person. But the interesting thing is Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Now, <laughs> the next thing that happened is he turns uh, water into blood. And in verse 22, Something happens after he turns the water into blood. Look at it. Then the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. And Pharaoh's heart grew hard. And he did not heed them as the Lord had said. So dimension one, they were able to do it. Dimension two, they were able to do it. Can we proceed? But something happened in chapter 8. Something happened in chapter 8. And I want you to see it. Verse 16. So the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Straight out your rod and strike the dust of the land so that it can become lice throughout all 
the land of Egypt. Now, that's a dimension. That's no longer levels. Because that's creating. That's creating. That's not bending. That's not manipulating. That's not transforming. That's creating. I mean, God formed man from dust. And then Moses, now at this point, strikes dust and it becomes lice. Next verse. And they did so. For Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth. And it became lice on man and beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Next verse. Now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So, there were lice on man and beasts. Next verse. Then the magician says to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. Is <laughs> somebody catching it? As in, where they say, uh-uh. That one, no. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I told you this. I remember one time I was at Unza and we were going. I still remember. I think that was third year. No, fourth year. And I was in. We were given a case study as a group was supposed to create a mock, um, a mock country and come up with a policy document for it, because I think it was one of those courses. And so we're heading for our study, and I heard one of uh, our classmates talking about meditation. Now, from how they sounded, it sounded Eastern. So I asked, saying, oh, are you, are you Hindu or something? And they said, no. Um, what, what word did they use? They said something, and I knew it was New Age teachings. I, I, could, I, I could tell. I know I'm not unaware of the devices of the enemy. So it's one of those, uh, yeah, your own God, and then ABCD, I, I, I know those teachings. So I asked and said, um, you know, would you like to teach me as well? And so she said, okay, let's do this. When, since, you know, these things are very spiritual. When everyone leaves, we can remain and then I will introduce you. I said, okay, I'm looking forward. <laughs> and so we sat and the person says, um, so like for me, I can read uh, everybody's aura. Like that one is green, so it means this, that one is yellow, it means this. I said, oh, okay, what about mine? And she looked at me and then freaked out like oh my goodness what are you I, like you're very spiritual i said now you, you see the god you talk about i'm not even joking i said that god you talk about i said i've met him what i said i've met him he lives in me and we began to talk from there 
uh, we've had cases where, that's why I remember. Anyway. <laughs> You know, <laughs> we've had cases where, like, I remember, I remember early days, you know, we'd receive a text or about have a conference. Someone goes like, guys, you really need to pray. There's someone I'm inviting who's deep in Satanism. I said, Tell. I'm like, so? <laughs> I should do what? Do you know how many believers we have there? One of the first ever experiences I had, this is at the age of 15, 14, I was in, I had a dream, and in that dream, somebody comes to me and says, like, I'm talking to them, and then suddenly their face changes, and they said, I'm a Satanist. And, and you know that, now you know those levels of the dreams, everything stops, you can't run. As in, <laughs> It happened like that. Like everything just went... And then even the music in the dream changes. And then suddenly it burst out of me. And the person ran away. The very next night I had the same dream. And this time somebody came as well and said... I'm this, this, this. I was like, okay. <laughs> You're ready for me to start? <laughs> and I've never told this to anyone. <laughs> God, do you want me to do this? I've never said this to anyone. I've never had the lead into. At that moment, one of them said, look, there are many of us and this was the only way to have access to you. Before I knew it, I had a room full of them and I was preaching Jesus. I've just kept that one to myself. I'm just saying, we need to come to a place where somebody's on the... Rhoda, didn't that happen to you when you were about to be operated? And the doctor said, what God do you serve? Like... I don't know if you're getting my point. Where, where, like, as in, they're like, where has this bone come from? Where has this eye socket come from? That's the place we need to come to. <laughs> no, at that school they are Satanists. At that school they are Christians. You tell your roommates, worry not. <laughs> You know, I had forgotten a certain story, but I think it was Rema who reminded me a few weeks ago. Uh, back uh, previously, we were actually together in another ministry, and I was intercession leader for a certain conference, and they all never wanted to come for prayers at 05, or was it 03? Majority of them didn't want. And I've forgotten what I promised them. That night, she's the one who explained it to me. Apparently, windows opened, doors opened, everyone just woke up at the same time. They all rushed for prayers. They all rushed for prayers. I'm not even joking. And I still remember, 
don't mind me, I was a bit young. So in those conferences, we'd have some young people who are very distracted. So I remember standing before everyone and I said, okay, some of you have come here with some illicit material in your phones. Can you delete them? I'm giving you up to the end of the day or else those phones will die. <laughs> then, <laughs> that evening, someone comes to me, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And they were showing me their phone. It went green. <laughs> and they were not the only person who had that experience. It was at a dimension which is God. It's like, it, this, this is God. Like, this is God's handwriting. And my God, I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for more. I just want to see God just like shock us. Someone may say, but pastor, ain't you guys the type who plan, who administrate? Problem, you don't know what we do. You've never known that in all that planning and administrating, we're just preparing the fish and the loaves. After we prepare the fish and the loaves, <laughs> we then give it to Jesus and say, shock us. Embarrass us. <laughs> hey! I said, hey! Hey! I don't know about you, but every time I write my resolutions, I write my plans. I lift them up and I say, shock me now. Show me that. <laughs> because it says, he that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we ask or imagine. It's just that some people's imaginations are more organized. So that organization ends up being a plan. May God shock you in the name of Jesus. I pray, may you experience the finger of God in your life. <laughs> now let's go to the next one very quickly. Is somebody enjoying this? I want you to understand this. Now, here is a revelation. Something happened that might make us so sad. Because God wrote the commandments with his finger the first time. In short, and it's interesting, the Spirit of God has just told me something about that just now. But... Because in recent times, I've been experiencing a lot of the, the Holy Spirit as a teacher. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Where he just tells you a concept, then he reminds you, that's why that is like that, and that is like that, and that is like that. So, how sad it was that Moses, if we read, in anger, broke the commandments. And when he went back to God, God told him, write yourself now. So how sad. Men would have never gotten to see God's handwriting. Some of you have caught it, but let me be slower. So Exodus 31, verse 18. Just as proof of that. And that's why I've always said technology is simply a way of human beings trying to catch up to the supernatural. Because Thousands of years before I had a tablet or an iPad, God wrote on a stone tablet. So that was the first touch screen. Because he didn't write with a pen. He didn't write with a stone. Here's how he wrote it. 
And when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. So it was touchscreen. Then we copied. And interestingly, there were tablets. Are you telling me we're still in Exodus? You know, th that hand that came and wrote feels like a hologram. Eh? <laughs> Anyways, let's just continue. <laughs> now, that finger, firstly I must mention, is a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Follow me on this one. Because Jesus says something in Luke chapter 11 and verse 20. Give me Luke 11 verse 20. It says, But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, then surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Do you feel like, wow, all this was in the Bible? And <laughs> Reminds you of but God, eh? Yes. Now, look at it from Matthew's translation in chapter 12 and verse 28. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then surely the kingdom of God has come to you. So you can tell that the finger of God is actually a revelation of the Holy Spirit in action. Now, we would have lived lives never knowing the handwriting of God because of what Moses did. But interestingly, we see the finger of God at work again in the New Testament. God had made a promise. <laughs> Okay, first, Second Corinthians 3. Hey, or should we go to the promise first? Do we go to the promise first? Okay, let's go to the promise very quickly. I like giving you many scriptures because I want a well-taught church. So if you come... If you come here and you don't have anywhere you write down, whether digitally or physically, I don't understand. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Say one more time. Glory to God. I'm just quickly choosing which one to give you because there are two. Okay. Look at Exodus chapter 36 very quickly. Ezekiel 36 and verse 25. I will never lose my song. I will sing it every day. I will never lose my song. 
is my song. I will sing it every day. Very quickly, I'll never lose my dance. I will dance it every day. I will never lose my dance. Hey, I will dance it every day. Okay. Ezekiel 36, look at verse 25. God gives a promise. He says, I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Next verse. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That's why you can now be moved by God because the heart of stone has been removed. Next verse. I will put my spirit within you to cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Hebrews 8. How is it that his statutes will keep them now? Hebrews 8. And look at verse 11. It says, give me verse 9 actually. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind, and look at that keyword, and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. The finger of God still at work. Imagine it. He, he can now write his laws on our hearts. And that's why someone can go from being a sinner to being a saint. Because you can write them on our hearts. But it gets better. I asked the question earlier. I said how sad it is that when Moses broke the tablets would have never gotten to see God's handwriting. Hey. <laughs> hey. Or, or maybe First hey. 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 Corinthians Or is it 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1? Remember, I, I, I explained that the Holy Spirit at work is the revelation of the finger of God. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Hey, <laughs> do we again begin to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Exodus. You, not even your heart, not even your mind. He says, you are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. It gets better. Verse 3. Now, Paul is telling them, saying, look, as, as the apostle who's preached to you, you are my epistle. And then the dimension changes. Because what he preached to them was not his own words, but God's. He says, clearly, you are an epistle of Christ. 
An epistle is a letter. So, an epistle of Christ, a letter of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Then notice the comparison. It says, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is of the heart. Hey! They've been looking for God's handwriting. It's over there! I said it's over there! Praise God, it's over there as well and over there. Hey! Where didn't I point? I said it's over there! It's over there! It's over there! That's why we're careful how we live. Because we're literally, we are God's letter to the world. We are God's declaration of righteousness to the world. Ladies and gentlemen, the finger of God has done so many things. But I believe that the greatest is you. Praise God. And to prove that, I will show you one verse. Can somebody say glory? Glory! Say one more time. Glory! Now, you know one thing fingers are known for? For drawing, right? Ideally, most people would draw use their fingers, right? If they don't, it will feature on a video of unique something, something. And you know what a masterpiece is? It's that drawing they are known for. What's Michelangelo's masterpiece? The, the one he said. <laughs> the Mona Lisa, right? Is it? I hope so. The lady who wasn't smiling, right? And no eyebrows? She had twist. <laughs> What's Mozart's masterpiece? I think it was do 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 Is that Mozart? No, Mozart is do 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 Right? What's David Beckham's masterpiece? That goal from the halfway line, right? Okay. Interesting, eh? Hmm. Ephesians. Focus on me. Chapter 2 and verse 10 from the NOT. What's God's masterpiece? Come on, let's read it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us and you in Christ Jesus that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The church 
the bride of Christ, of which you are. That's God's masterpiece. That's, that's God's best, that, that, that's his best piece of art. And let me just give you one last verse that just proves it. Somebody say glory. Glory. Go to Revelations chapter 5. Does anyone sense that they've been uplifted? Look at Revelations chapter 5. And verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy. The word used there is worthy. It's not holy. Specifically, it's worthy. Worthy means deserving. It means you've done something notable and you deserve it. You're worthy. It says you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. And then they begin to explain why he is worthy. And it says, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, that would have been enough. But it didn't end there. Let's go on. And have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. You, you know, let me tell you how my mind imagines it. Anytime I go about doing the Lord's work and I do anything that's notable in the kingdom of God, in heaven, they just turn to Jesus and say, ha, you're worthy. Like, as in, someone here may be saying, Pastor, you don't know how bad my past is. Ha, don't you know you're an opportunity for Jesus to be praised? Because it means you can become the reason why they look at God and say, what? You got that one who was like that and made them this. How much praise do you think Jesus received over Saul? Like, what? Saul? I'm sure in heaven there was a meeting and they were like discussing the revival and Jesus said, I've chosen Saul. Everyone was Saul! I'm sure one or two angels. Mm, Jesus, man. <laughs> Does he know? By then, obviously, Stephen had even reached, right? Stephen was like, Sir, <laughs> do you know who you're talking about? And he was Stephen. You said, Forgive them. So now. <laughs> and I can imagine that meeting. And then Jesus had planned for him and ambushed him. I don't know how he ambushed you. <laughs> I don't know what plan Jesus. I don't know how Jesus got you or where he got you from. But he's the master strategist. (laughs) Planned for Paul. Ambushed him. Knew that guy had a fighting spirit. If I can just convert him. Some of you don't know. There are things everyone laughed at you for. Or everyone mocked you for. That Jesus was admiring. You can find that same stubbornness he was admiring. Like, ah. If I can get that one in the kingdom, there is a way this one will not give up on a soul. Because this one. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying, you are his masterpiece. You are the reason why he's glorified. And that's why he doesn't mind revealing his glory to you. He doesn't mind things going better for you. 
Because all the praise and the glory goes to him. Ladies and gentlemen, God told me, which uh, provoked me to begin this series. I just teach my people who know about me. I want them to know me better. Let them know certain aspects of me. Being born again is just the beginning. That's why it's called born again. And it's an introduction to the kingdom of God. There is so much more. So if we keep hungry, if we keep attentive, God will permit us to go even into deeper things. Because the Spirit of God doesn't just want to teach us the deep things. They want to just teach us the things of God, but the deeper ones. And I mean where it just gets real. You know, <laughs> the same dream I had this morning, that, that vision in the morning. Imagining it, God tells me, by the way, I hope you know that even the outfit you're wearing tomorrow, I'm the one who decided you should be in that color because there's a meaning. Go check the prophet's dictionary. Now, how I got this, I was in town. I went to pray for somebody in Lusaka West and I passed through town because there's a certain eating place I only see in town. So since I was in town, I thought, why not, you know? Like, it's important. The Bible says, God dominate the earth. So, <laughs> I manifested my dominion. And uh, the gentleman I was with said, I would like you to see some of these suits in this shop, since apparently people think I like suits. And so I went and checked them out. And while there, I thought of the other shop that Pastor Larson had told me about. So I told him, can we try the other one? That's where I got that other one. I've never been there. But say, so let's go try it. I entered, and it's the first one I saw, and I wanted it. As it was such a random buy, I just walked in like that one. <laughs> and today, <laughs> so this morning after the dream, I, I, I decided to read, uh, I check in the prophet's dictionary on the color green. I checked it, and this is what I read. The color of go. Green was considered in ancient times to be the color of the prophet and indicative of divine activity, linked to wealth and prosperity, as well as spiritual well-being and prophetic operation. And the first thing I remembered, he leads me to greener pastures, so it was correlating with the scriptures. So... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, guys, enough with an ordinary life. Let's step into another dimension. Come on. Okay. Now, I want to pray for one or two people before we end today. But before that, is there somebody here who's not yet born again? And if you're not yet born again, let me tell you how you know. This message has been punching you inside. Like, pa, pa, ta, ta, uppercut over there. And, and you see, when you're not saved, you know it. When you're not saved, you know it. That's something that I've come to realize. When you're not saved, it's obvious. Because in your heart, you know that if you stood before this mysterious God, your judgment is questionable. And you can also usually tell by the life that you live. 
You know you can tell if you're living a life pleasing to God. You can tell. I want to give you an opportunity to be part of this kingdom, to join us, to have the Holy Spirit write his laws on your heart. You may say, okay, I'm struggling with living like this and like this, or there's this and there's that. My friend, when the finger of God manifests, what addiction can fight it? What sin can fight it? What restriction can fight it? And some of us were perhaps brought up in the faith. And that's why this message sounds familiar. It's hitting home. And you know it's time to come back home. I want to give you that opportunity. Raise your hand from where you are. If what you've just done has made Jesus so proud, lift your hands. Just lift your hands. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, say, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. Amen. Keep your hands lifted. In the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost. <sighs> receive Him. Receive Him. Yeah. My God. Receive the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Yes. Receive the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. After the service, I don't know who the minister on duty is, but I want, I just feel there's something special for them. And perhaps this is something we can start doing in conjunction with the NSCM. For those who give their lives to Christ, apart from them writing their details, even just a five minute busher session. Just a five minute prayer session. Okay, they can. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.